And now a word from the Ford Motor Company, who still believes in making unnecessarily large vehicles. Bob, Rita, come and see my new pickup truck. It sure is a beauty, Tom. It's so big, Tom. Uh Uh-huh. It's a foot bigger than Bob's car, at least, and much wider. Yep, I have to admit it. Tom's is much larger than mine. Oh, no doubt about it, Bob. Tom's is just bigger, wider, longer than yours, or any other man's on this block. You're right, Rita. Tom's is almost too large. Too bad we're not talking about the size of his Johnson. Yes, my car is smaller than Tom's pickup, but thank God my penis is huge. I'll say it is, Bob. It's like something from another world. Is it that big, Bob? It's so incredibly large, I don't need to toboggan during winter. In fact, it's so monstrous, I don't have time for any hobbies or sports at all. We don't dare put him in a bathing suit, Tom. Tom, let me tell you. Big pickup trucks are okay, metaphorically speaking, but girls really go for guys who can put the meat on the table. That's my guy talking. The F-150 line of pointlessly large pickup trucks for the urban and suburban driver from the Ford Motor Company, makers of oversized trucks for men with small penises since 1948. Hello and welcome to the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. No less than 25 minutes of sketches, improv, songs, and whatnot from Duck Logic, a Chicago comedy group that had its own two-hour radio show called The Cavalcade on WLUP AM 1000 a pretty big radio station at the time. Every Duck Logic half hour is chock full of bits pulled from the loop archives, plus new stuff thrown in for good measure. So take a load off, put your earbuds in, and have a listen. You'll be glad you did, because here they come, polishing punchlines, writing gags, and jotting down jokes. There they go, wacky, something, something, for you fine folks. Something about funny, blah, 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 hope we don't choke. There you are, listening to her theme song, ta-ta, lowbrow. You'll laugh and howl. Duck logic starting right now. Happy Monday, everybody. Morning. Morning, good morning. Morning. Thanks for joining our Zoom call for this morning's status meeting. I'm just going to wait for a few more people to hop online before I start. We really should wait for Mr. Jenkins. So I, I hope everyone had a great weekend and we're all ready for the week. Anyone do anything fun or interesting over the weekend? I, I finally got out in the garden. I've been meaning to get my tomatoes planted. I got relatives in from out of town. We spent Saturday afternoon at the art museum, the Monet exhibit. That was really interesting. (laughs) Well, you'll probably find this interesting. Friday night, my my wife and I finally broke down and joined in the neighborhood swingers club that some of the other couples in the cul-de-sac have got going. They've been bugging us to get involved ever since we moved in last summer. I, I think they really just wanted to get with my wife because of the things they've learned she's into, and which are all true, by the way. Uh, anywho, uh, they went pretty well for a while. I had a couple of threesomes, other kinky stuff I've always wanted to try. Uh, but then someone must have spiked the Moscow mules because I started tripping balls. I mean, I'm thinking acid? Maybe it was just a roofie? I don't know. Either way, I was completely out of it for the next, like, 10 or 12 hours. Uh, the whole rest of the night. I have no idea what I did, who I might have done it with. The next thing I can remember, waking up in the park, middle of the soccer field, naked as a jaybird, except for the leather chaps. 
And then suddenly all these five-year-olds and their moms showed up. They started kicking me. Well, my wife didn't bail me out of jail until Sunday night because she was still handcuffed and blindfolded all day Saturday in the basement at the party. So, yeah, it was a pretty wacky weekend. Okay, sorry, I'm here. Uh, Mr. Jenkins! Sorry I'm late. My last meeting ran over. What'd I miss? Uh, nothing. Nothing? <laughs> it's time once again for... Tales from the Tollbooth, another page ripped from the log of Tollbooth Attendant 468. This episode, Minor Violation. A couple weeks ago, this car full of kids pull up. They got their radio real loud. One of the kids is hanging out the window, barfing his guts out. I say, hey, who's going to clean up this mess? They say, don't worry, we're not old enough to drive anyway. That's a true story. And now, Duck Logic puts Puts the the joke joke in context. context. With summer 1987, Supreme Court Justice Lewis Powell had stepped down. President Reagan was trying to fill the seat before the end of his second term. His two earlier nominees, Robert Bork, rejected by a 42 to 58 Senate vote, and Douglas Ginsburg, withdrawn after admitting marijuana use when he was a kid, had not gotten through. His third and last nominee, Anthony Kennedy, was in the middle of the grueling nomination process, broadcast daily on network TV. The DuckLogic jokesters, not known for their political satire, sprang into action anyway and penned this sketch that poked fun at the process. So, put it into context. Turn back the clock, imagine it's Saturday night, and you're in the car on your way to buy some weed, let's say, and click on WLUP Radio, hoping for reruns of Steve and Gary. But you stumble upon the Duck Logic comedy cavalcade instead. Before you can change the station, you get to hear this little nugget of satirical gold. PBS Radio now resumes its live coverage of the judicial confirmation hearings on the appointment of Judge Andrew Kennedy to the ninth position on the United States Supreme Court. As you may remember, President Reagan's first two appointments were rejected. Judge Robert Bork for the ultra-conservative views he'd expressed in years past, and Judge Ginsburg, who forfeited his opportunity when he revealed his experimentation with a controlled substance, marijuana. Earlier this week, Judge Ginsburg attempted to excuse himself by saying he was only following the direction of his father, who told him at an early age, you start with that marijuana, next you're on cocaine, then heroin, before you know it, you're on the Supreme Court. So far, Judge Kennedy's nomination has survived two weeks of scrutiny. There has not been a single incident discovered about his private, academic, or professional life which would detain him from taking a seat on the court. As we wind down the last day of the proceedings, his record seems beyond reproach. Senator Biden, the chairman of this committee, is about to open the final session with a nod of his head, a flip of his hair, and a bang of his terrifying gavel. Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers... Just kidding. (laughs) Stop! I was just kidding! I was just kidding. Wasn't that funny? Okay, let's get down to business. Judge Kennedy, I must say you've done a wonderful job at convincing me of your abilities. Your record is unblemished, your demeanor composed, and unlike the previous two nominees, your face is clean shaven. But I have some final questions before I can vote yes on your confirmation to the Supreme Court. Please ask whatever you like. I shall. 
Now, you've stated that you never willingly took a mind-altering drug, that not even once did you imbibe marijuana, crack, psilocybin, hashish, opium, Vicks inhaler, benzedrine, Jimi Hendrix, heroin, no, uh, PCP, no, glue. Sir. No, I've never done any of those. Never once. I see. Not much fun, are you? <laughs> Have you ever, as a result of doctor's orders, been under the influence of, say, a mind or personality-altering drug? Yes. If you look on page 23 of my notes, you'll see that 26 years ago, when I was just 19 years old, I had two, two wisdom teeth removed, and I took some pain medication as prescribed. This so-called pain medication... Did it make you drowsy, possibly even sleepy? Yes, I believe that's why it was prescribed, to help me sleep despite the pain. And are you still on this medication? No, no, no. I discontinued use three days after the surgery as prescribed. I see. Do you suffer any after effects? Drowsiness, disorientation, any uncontrollable urge to fall asleep in the middle of a landmark judicial decision which would ultimately affect the lives of every man, woman, and child in this country? No. I had a wisdom tooth removed. I took the pain medication. The pain went away. I discontinued use of the medication. That was 23 years ago, and I can happily say now I'm fully recovered. Obviously. You were able to answer that question without once dropping off to sleep. Congratulations on your recovery. It was really nothing. Nonetheless, I stand up and cheer your stamina and proclaim you a medical miracle to be congratulated and observed with pride by the whole dental community. We will return to our satirical coverage of the 1987 Kennedy hearings after a bunch more wacky duck logic comedy. And now, a few words about Marshmallow Cloud, the thickest toilet paper on earth. Hey honey, I thought you were going to buy toilet paper. I did. Then where is it? The roller's empty, and at the moment, I can't really be going around on a scavenger hunt. It's right behind you. It's so thick, it doesn't fit on an ordinary roller. Wow, I, I didn't even recognize it. It's huge. Hmm, says here these sheets are 175 ply. Now that's thick. Almost too thick. You can only fit two rolls in a shopping bag, but at least it's soft. Boy, you're not kidding. If you poke it, it pops right back, just like the belly of the Pillsbury Doughboy. And with its new quilted texture, it'll be perfect for restuffing our living room couch. Have you whiffed it yet? <laughs> wow, it has a nice, fresh, unscented smell. Yes, it's new, fresh, unscented, quilted marshmallow cloud, the thickest toilet paper on earth. So thick, you can barely get it between your cheeks. But so soft, you won't mind forcing it. What happens when the king of heavy metal marries the mother of the Nelson family? Tune into the new Ozzy and Harriet and find out. You'll laugh yourself sick when Harriet comes home with a chicken and Ozzy doesn't know whether to fry it, boil it, or just chew its head off. The new Ozzy and Harriet. Heavy metal hijinks for the entire family. We got some uh, fan mail from fan email. Flounders. From some flounder. <laughs> I got it first. There's that Tourette's. Uh, the French pronunciation is Tourette's. Yeah. Tourette's. Uh, That's how you say it. And Syndrome is pronounced is. <laughs> he takes acting classes, so he knows. Anyway, it's from a guy named Steve Beach. Steve says, love you guys' show. Keep the comedy coming. How you doing, Steve? 
Steve has a podcast. It's called The Vinyl Word. Uh, his partner is Brian Mayer. And uh, he said, hey, you should listen to it. And then I did. And? It's a very funny. They don't do skits and stuff. There's two guys, Brian and Steve. They, they take- Old radio? Old records? I don't know how they feel about this comparison of uh, mysteries. Mystery Science Theater 3000 with records? Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say, Jim. Thank you for <laughs> filling. Thank you so much. <laughs> All you Duck Logic listeners should check it out. All 50 of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> they comment upon older records. They make comments about it, and it's very funny. And then they talk before and afterwards. No, it's funny. They don't do skits or anything. They don't do, like, wacky songs. Is there any petting? Uh, they might be pantless. They might not have their pants on the whole time. I have no. I did listen to a couple. I went back and listened to a couple other ones. I'm going to go work my way backwards through their catalog. That's how you, how you do. The one I listened to was a guy teaching you how to bowl on a oh, record. Okay. <laughs> which is like t- not teaching you so much as giving you tips on how to bowl well. Like they used to have those how to dance the Watusi records or how to. Yeah. Well, yeah. I miss those days. I miss those days. You know, the Kardashians, they don't come out with crazy record albums that should never have been done. Well, think about it. That was the, you kids and grandkids, I guess, they didn't have TikTok or the internet or much television, really. So if you had to do something, you would make a record. My grade school choir every year would do, like in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I have a record of our Christmas concert. The high school concert band I was in would do records. That was a thing. You just did a record. It was like, you're right. It's like learn the cha-cha or how to cook or whatever it was. Or That was the height of technology back then. Judo lessons. How to manipulate the minds of millions. Wasn't that one of them? How to pick up women. <laughs> yeah. Music to strip for your husband by or something like that. I think some of the women used it to strip for men that weren't their husbands. The, the bowler said something in the record about that. I guess lefties are supposed to use different bowling shoes than righties. That there's some sort of like a slick leather, I think I got this correct, that there's slick leather on one shoe. I want to say if you're righty, it's on your right shoe. And then there's some sort of other thing, like a pad of some sort on the toe of the other shoe. So you can like slide and then stop yourself, I guess. Wow, that's news to me. And then if you went, if you're a lefty, it's the reverse. And this guy, Brian, who's a lefty, went off on it. He just went on, what? Wait a second, what? I... All these years, I've been, no wonder I suck at bowling. Wait, what? <laughs> and then he kind of went off about how it was left-handed scissors, that there was only one pair of left-handed scissors in his entire grade school, which I seem to remember that too. It did make me go look it up. And part of the reason I think, I hate to say it, but there's only 10% of the population worldwide are lefties. Exactly. So there's if you've, there's 10% of the items are left-handed, that would make sense, right? My sister that lives, that lives with me is uh, left-handed. And her mother-in-law says if you thought left-handed people are smarter than right-handed people. I thought people. you were going to say the devil. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> well, this is evil grandma, so, you know, there's a little bit of that. But they're smarter. <laughs> they're evilly yes, smart. smart devil. There is something with the brain that the reason that you're lefty is because your brain processes information differently from, yeah, hemispherical kind of thing. So it might be. It might be. I mean, Obama was lefty. George Bush, I want to say uh, W. Clinton, I think, was a lefty. Jay Leno is a lefty. Women are, there's fewer lefties. Although the, the, the girl, a uh, woman girl that I lived with in college was a lefty. My brother is left-handed. Your brother? My brother. Mm-hmm. Did your parents in any way try to make him not be lefty? I don't think so. I think he was sort of ambidextrous and then he settled on left. So he plays a left-handed guitar? Yep. 
he ended up uh, when he started playing ukuleles. He liked them enough that in, he learned how to play right-handed ukuleles flipped over because they just he, he when he goes out to buy a guitar, he, the choices for left-handed guitars are really there's a very small amount of them. You can't just go find your favorite guitar and buy it, and it's going to be left-handed as well. So he learned how to play right-handed uh, ukuleles upside down. So then he would have the choice of all ukuleles in the world to choose when he went to buy one. That makes sense. But is it the don't you just restring them the other way? Or is, uh, it, or is it the scratch pad thingy, whatever you call uh, it? It depends. A ukulele actually can be flipped and strung the other way, if it, depending on the shape of it. But yeah, he yeah. just flips them over, and he just flipped it over and learned how to play all the chords the opposite direction. It's kind of like bizarro strumming. Bizarro strumming. Backwards, everything's yeah, backwards. Yeah, kind of. It's, it's cool. But remember, in all the bizarro, they would do the opposite, but then they would have to tell you that they're doing the opposite. Because they are bizarro in all the comics. I hate you, which means I love you. They have to tell you that because they're doing the opposite. And if you were to say, I love you, you wouldn't say what it means. So they have to say what it means because that would be the opposite of what you're doing. What was the movie Roy Thinnis was in it? Where he goes, they find out there's another planet on the exact opposite side of the sun. Yes. And it's like a bizarro Earth where everything is backwards. They send a spaceship to go explore that planet at the same time there's another him coming from that planet to explore earth and so they end up in each other's no you're not getting it i am getting it but what was the name of it you know bakersfield oh i looked it up a long time yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's it they made a song about it um stones did it journey to the far side of the sun i don't remember the lunchboxes Journey to the Far Side of the Sun. No, mm-mm. not coming back. Colonel Glenn Ross, Journey to the Far Side of the Sun. Is that like that Star Trek with Frank Gorshin where their <laughs> black faces were black and white? They were, they, <laughs> Can't you tell? It, this is on the other side. It was a thinly veiled racism. Oh, Dave has an Dave action has figure. Him. Oh my God, that's that's Frank Gorshin. It looks like Frank Gorshin. Yeah, it looks just like Frank Gorshin. He's great, Did isn't you he? Paint he? It? <laughs> He's got that little drink. No, that little... Uh, Hairbrush? little blue drink. He's looked like a hairbrush to me. Yeah. There were two people left on their planet because they killed each other, and he's black on once, literally black, Pantone 000, whatever, and and white on the other with a straight line down the middle. And the other guy, who's another character actor from the 60s, was the exact opposite. And so they hated each other, like Starbelly Sneetches. Because they each knew they were better than the other one, that their race of white and black was better than their race of white and black. And in fact, they ended up going back to the planet just to chase each other. One was chasing the other one, and that was it. They were going to spend the rest of their eternity just... Literally chasing each other, like in a montage where they're going... (laughs) 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 Running and running and running and running and running. Uh, And you can't even put him in that pose. I tried to put him in that running pose. Well, you can kind of... That's analogy by Sledgehammer. (laughs) <laughs> brought to you by Star Trek. Oh man, it really is. It yeah, was there wasn't like... a lot of writing in that one, <laughs> so it seemed like they needed to fill it out. Just keep them running, keep them running for another keep few minutes. Hey, you know, they would punch each other. They just continue to try to strangle each other when they saw each other, like ray guns. But they literally were the only two human beings left on the planet. They would prefer to go back down there and keep fighting between just the two of them on the entire planet. And then, yeah, of course, we go back. Racist. To- Captain Kirk then makes you know a, a comment about how the rest of us can learn to be more. Spock, I think we can learn from this. We now return to PBS radio coverage of the Kennedy Supreme Court confirmation hearings. 
I believe Senator Bourne would like to continue the questioning. Thank you, Chairman Biden. I, too, stand behind you in singing the praises of the living miracle we have before us in the shape of Judge Kennedy's healthy mouth orifice. It was nothing, a minor operation. Hell, you're too humble. Mr. Kennedy, would you describe your childhood as normal? Would you say you like things most other children like, things like baseball or jelly beans? Yes, 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 and yes. All right, I, I take the four of the yes in your series of yes answers to mean yes, you did like jelly beans. Is that fair to assume, or am I reading too much into your answer of yes? I liked jelly beans as a child, and I still like them today. I see. You like jelly beans, eh? You like them. Yes. Well, I like them too. In fact, I'm sure every one of the great and honorable men seated before you enjoys jelly beans. Isn't that true, gentlemen? That's enough, thank you. And, and you, yourself, like all jelly beans? Certainly, yes. Well... Dare I say it, I seriously doubt whether any one of us could make such a grandiose claim to enjoy the flavor of all jelly beans, not favoring one over the other. Well, I never said that. Well, I'm sorry, my hearing is what? my hearing's failing me. I will the stenographer read back the last question of Mr. Kennedy. That's really necessary. You said, and you yourself enjoy all jelly beans, to which Mr. Kennedy replied, certainly yes. Well, maybe I should rephrase my question. Do you, Mr. Kennedy, enjoy all jelly beans? No. Fine. Which ones do you prefer, sir? Well, I like red ones, yellow ones, purple, white ones, fine, some of the other colors. Fine, I, like... I think we all enjoy those hearty flavors. Is there by any chance any jelly beans that you don't like? A flavor you may sift out of a bowl and ignore, not eating it under any circumstances. Yes, well, I don't care very much for the, for the black, black ones. I'm sorry, my hearing is failing me as I get older. Could you repeat that? Yes, I do not like the black ones. Don't like the black ones. You see, I don't care very much for licorice, and I, that's the predominant flavor in black jelly beans, so I don't care very much for them. I don't just don't eat them very much. Don't care for the colored ones. Excuse me, Senator Bourne. Uh, they're all colored. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right, sir. I, you don't care for the black. Look, I think I know where you're trying to go with this, and that's Please, way Mr. off Kennedy, base. It's a stretch. I'm asking the questions here. You're answering them. That's an established relationship. The committee is comfortable with it and would like to see it continue. <clears throat> Is that all right? Yes, go ahead. All right. Now, let us suppose for a minute you were to receive confirmation and found yourself sitting on the Supreme Court. There you might find yourself making a judgment in a civil rights case involving a dark-skinned plaintiff. Now, let us further assume, for the sake of argument, that during a recess in this landmark case, you might be offered a bowl of candy. Yes. Let's say it's a bowl of jelly beans. Why not? Now, if I may digress a little further, let us suspend our disbelief and see this jelly bean bowl as a metaphor for this great land of ours. What? The bowl itself is our constitution, equally supporting jelly beans or people of all colors or creeds. Red ones, orange ones, purple ones, white ones, and yes, even the black I ones. I think I know what you're trying to do. You're twisting everything Please, around. Please, our gonna... relationship, Mr. Kennedy. Now, 
I assume that even in the contemplative state of mind you might find yourself in at this time, you would still take the time to apply your, shall I call it a double standard, to the jelly beans offered to you? Yes, I would not eat the black ones. Okay, now now we're all fallible men. Is that not so, gentlemen? Fine, fine, fine. That's enough mumbling, please. Isn't that possible? Can it not be considered that a man such as yourself in this proposed scenario, operating under great pressure to make the proper decision of a recovered dental patient as you freely admitted you were, could you, Mr. Kennedy, a fallible human being, what? accidentally make the all-too-common mistake oh, of misidentification I... and thereby apply this double standard you're so committed to but I just... to the civil rights case at hand instead of the bowl of sweets also but, equally at hand, thereby rendering a landmark, but, pivotal, historic you, decision on grounds more suitable for candy than human rights? Well, no, but yes, but I... A man is not a jelly bean, contrary uh, to what you may believe, Mr. Kennedy, and as soon as you come to that realization, you may parade your discriminatory attitude in front of this committee. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, that is all. Thank you, Senator. It's good to see you've exposed the nominee's true colors. Any final words, Judge Kennedy? Well, I just, he didn't know what I, I would, the jelly bean and the candy don't Thank really you. make a lot uh, of Let the record I, show I, that uh, Mr. Kennedy is disoriented, confused, and drooling. <laughs> he should make a fine chief justice. <laughs> These hearings are ended. This concludes our coverage of the Supreme Court nomination hearings. Join us next week with a new nominee, a new set of questions, and more excitement. And now, as a public service, the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour Word of the Day. Today's word is. Tightwad. This has been the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour Word of the Day. Sunday! Sunday! This Sunday, the monster trucks invade the Rosemont Horizon to decide who will be the king of the hill for 1989. Sunday! Sunday! Tim Hammersmith, driving his monster truck called Too Big for My Garage, puts the pedal to the metal and fires up his ram-charged 1,200 horsepower Chevy pickup as he takes on all comers at tire rotation! Sunday! Sunday! Stay in the building if you dare, because at 2 o'clock, the incredible power of the nitro-fueled four-wheel drive monster van, no day job, fills the horizon with smoke and thunder as driver Gordon Vance pops the clutch, churns mud, and sprays gravel while he single-handedly drives to the 7-Eleven to pick up cigarettes and milk as he wastes more gas than a high school couple making out in the wintertime. Sunday! Sunday! And to top the evening off, the big daddy of them all, Bigfoot, takes over the track with 8-foot tires and 1,800 turbocharged horses of gut-wrenching power. Bigfoot challenges the field to a no-holds-barred, rod-blowing, shaft-snapping, parallel parking contest that blows the doors off something or other as we rapidly run out of Drag racing analogy. Sunday. Sunday. So come on out to the Rosemont Horizon this Sunday. 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 And bring your redneck with you. All right, then. There goes another Duck Logic comedy half hour. This was show number 92. It featured Ken Campbell, David Dunlosky, Tom Giannis, Walter Mitchka, Bob Odenkirk, James F. Russell, and Tim Thomas. Check out our Facebook page, why don't you? And our website is ducklogiccomedy.com. 
Portions of this podcast were previously broadcast old school over the airwaves on the radio under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP AM and FM in Chicago. Thanks for listening. See ya.